Welcome. Great to have you guys here. Thanks for joining us. I want to say hello to all of our campuses. Thanks for being a part of our services. Let's also give it up for our God Behind Bars men and women who watch us every week. Thank you for that. I want to say a quick hello to all those watching online as well. We have an online, online, online church, excuse me, all over the world, actually. We have a lot of people that are deployed in the military that watch us as well. Let's give it up for those guys as well. Thanks for protecting us. We're grateful for that. Great to be with you. I was nervous a couple of days ago whether I was going to be able to be here today. You know, last week I was out. Pastor Nate did a great job last week. Could we get that for Pastor Nate from our Stone Oak campus? Love you, bro. Grateful for you. He did a great job last week, and I had to be out because a friend of mine lost their daughter, and I really wanted to go to the funeral to be there for their family. And so we were there for that. But then this last week, I've hurt my knees somehow, and I it was in the emergency room two nights ago, and I was laying on the gurney with a huge swollen knee. It's, it's better now. It's bursitis, if you know what that is. Anyways, but anyway, so I was like, what is going on? This is really weird. I'm like turning into an old man. What happened? And so anyways, I was working on my knee, and I was laying there, and I was like, am I going to be able to preach this weekend? And something just welled up me. I was like, I am preaching this weekend. I am not going to miss again, because I think God wants you to have this message. It's a big deal. God wants you to hear this message, and the devil doesn't want you to hear this message. And so, but I believe God has something specifically for you today. So please do me a favor, take some notes. I want to encourage you to get our Church Unlimited app if you don't already have it, and download the notes. Everything I'm going to say is, can be right in front of you with a click of a button. Please get that as, if you would. Let's say our mission statement together. What are we here to do as a church? We're here to take as many people to heaven as we can before we die period. That's what we're all about here at Church Unlimited. Again, thanks for being a part of our services. We are really starting to fill up. Thank you for this. It's a great turnout. Glad you guys are here, but this is also why we want to encourage you because we are filling up here at the broadcast campus to consider coming to Saturday night at 5 p.m. if you don't mind, because that'll really help us for people that are nervous about the virus having to sit so close to people. Glad you guys are here. Thank you for that. But we do have more room at the Saturday at 5. Who among you, I'm just going to stop right now. I know all the campuses are like, hey, let's get going here. I, we're about to, I promise you. But who among you could say, you know what, I could do that, Pastor. I could help out and I could give up my seat and move to Saturday night. If you could consider doing that, would you raise your hand? Because we could really use your help, honestly. Would you raise your hand if you would consider doing that? Give these people a hand. That's a huge help for us. I'm serious. Thank you very much for that. We'd appreciate that. And so if you could do that even next week, that helps us make room. We do have an additional service we're going to be adding here in about a month. And so that's coming up as well. But for now, that would really help us out. And we'd love you to stick to Saturday night anyways. Saturday night, 5 p.m. is a great service to come and be a part of that. Well, today I'm excited about this message because I believe you were designed for more. Say that with me. I'm designed for more. You really are. God has put more in you, and he wants to get more out of you. And so that's what today is all about. And so God has wired you a certain way to get some incredible results. And so people always ask me, so we're talking about life on purpose. Pastor, I just want to know what my purpose is. We're going to help you discover that really quickly. And so in just a few moments, you'll, you'll be like, ah, that helps me, I promise you, because it'll be very clear to you in just a moment. Before we dive into that, I want to give you a couple of scriptures here. Look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. It says this. This is the Amplified Translation. It says this. For we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, that we may do those good works which God predestined or planned beforehand for us, taking paths which he prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. So God has prearranged, predestined, preplanned some things for you to do. 
In other words, God has given you an assignment. Look at John 17, 4. I glorified you on earth by completing down to the last detail what you assigned me to do. So if you're taking notes, the first thing I'd ask you to write down and to remember is this. Number one, God has an assignment for you to do here on earth. The problem with the word purpose is if you discover your purpose, it just, it's a little bit nebulous. It's like going to an English class. What's the goal of an English class? Well, to learn English. What's the goal of an English literature class? To learn English lit. What's the goal of a math course? To learn geometry, to learn algebra, to learn you know, whatever form of math you're trying to learn. And that doesn't really involve anything that aware, that more than an awareness. But if I say in that English class, class, you have an assignment, then it's like, oh, okay, now I have to do something, right? So really, I like to use the word assignment even better than purpose. Yes, God has a purpose for your life, but the reason he has a purpose is because you're assigned to do something for God. That means there's something specific to do and there's a deadline. Does that make sense? So God has an assignment for you to do. So how do you know what your assignment is? That's the question, isn't it? Look at 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. It says this. God has given each of you some special abilities. Turn to the person next to you and say, you're special. Not as a cut down. Say it like in a good way. Say, you're special. All right? Right. You're special. You have special abilities. Be sure to use them to help each other, passing on to other, others God's many kinds of blessings. So the best way for you to bless this world is to discover your special abilities and use them for God. That's the best way to bless this world. In fact, look at what God says about that. God, God has designed you with, with, with certain gifts that you're good at. Let me, let me give you an explanation. I think the best way to explain this is, you, you ever lined up dominoes before to knock them over? Like you line them all up and you hit one domino and another one falls down. It's kind of fun to see how many you get to fall down. Well, the way you know where God has wired you to be good at something that you, you have a special ability or a special talent is in a regular area that we all have, we knock one domino over and another one falls over. But where you're gifted, you knock one domino over, domino over and five to 10 fall over and you didn't even have to try. You're just good at it. Like I went to a friend of mine's house and I was like, hey, what are you, what are you doing? He goes, oh, we just decided to add on to our house. I was like, oh, that's cool. Did you hire a contractor? He goes, no, I'm just gonna do it myself. I'm like, what? You're just gonna just add on to your house? He's like, yeah, why not? I just knocked the wall out. I'm gonna go ahead and add the foundation. This and that. I'm like, no, I don't just do that. Like if I want to add on to my house, that's like a massive expense. I got to call like a contractor, go to the city, do all this stuff. And he's like, no, I'm just going to do it myself. I'm like, I can't just do it myself. If I decided to add on to my house myself, the whole house would collapse. Like I can't do that. That's not a gift I have. But if you're gifted, you just think it's no big deal to knock a wall out and add on to your own house. That's how you know you, you have a gift. That's something you can just do. If I decided to give my car an oil change, I thought, you know, it's 60 bucks if I go down and do it. I'll just do it myself. I would start that thinking it's gonna take me an hour and it would take me all weekend. I have to call four guys to come help me and I would end up holding a flashlight while they do it. Because <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I don't know how to do that. But there's other guys that would never spend 60 bucks to get their oil changed. Like, I could do that myself in 20 minutes. Yeah, well, I can't. A lot of people can't do that, but maybe you're gifted with your hands like that. That's just a gift you have. You ever been to someone's house that has the gift of hospitality? Like if we have people over, I go buy a bag of Doritos, open it up and leave it on the table. And I may remember napkins and even, you know, some, 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 you know, some, some plate, paper plate, something like that. I may remember, I probably won't. But if you're gifted at that, like my wife is, she takes the Doritos and turns it into a statue of David. I don't know how she does this. 
Like she has the gift of hospitality. Like it's just incredible. Nothing is done normal. It's always like way extra. And it's awesome. You walk in, you're like, wow, this is amazing. That's a gift that she has. Whatever your gift to that, you just naturally don't even try. And it turns out way better than the rest of us. That's how you know you're good at something. A gifted singer doesn't even have to practice. They're just good, you know? But then I like have to really work hard so I don't, so I'm not, so I'm not a standout on stage. Well, first of all, I would never do this, but if I did, I would have to work hard so I don't stand out on stage like in a bad way where people are going, oh, what is that sound? Oh, it's the guy in the corner. Who is that? Oh, it's Pastor Bill. Like I would never even attempt it because I just, I'm not gifted like that. The truth is where you're gifted, it just comes easy. And you know what today, if I could, if I could sum up today's message in one sentence, here it is. I want to I challenge you to figure out where it's easy for you, then work hard at it. Let me say that again. Here's how you know where God's purpose is for your life. Where is it easy? Work hard at that. There's something you do that just, just comes natural. And I want to tell you, everything that comes natural is actually supernatural. You're just wired that way. You don't even have to try. Some of you didn't have to try to get a following on Instagram. It just happened. Why? You're an influencer. You just naturally have people gather around you. You go to a party, everyone's going to be listening to your jokes. You go to the office, everyone's going to turn to you and say, what do you think we should do? It's just a natural thing. It's just leadership. You just have it. Some people just have that. Some people, just, some people are just good at working alone. Other people go crazy working alone. If you're good at working alone, maybe you're good at mathematics or problem solving or reading or studying or research, and you're just really good at that, and you'll just sit perfectly fine and happy in a chair or at a desk for hours at a time working something, and you love that. Other people go crazy, crawl up the walls, insane if they had to do that. It's just a gift you have. You're just gifted at it. It's just something you do. When I was in school, I barely made it through, through high school, barely made it through college, but towards the end of my college degree, when I got into my major, which was speech making, all of a sudden, I didn't have to try that hard. In fact, I kind of could coast. It, it just was a bit easy for me. But those tests before that and all the research before that, that was tough. But the moment it was just about my test became giving speeches, didn't I try? And so just, I discovered something that God had wired me to do. And so all of us are good at something. You have to figure out what it is that you're good at. Look what God says about the guys that were good with their hands. He says this about the people that were working on the temple in Exodus chapter 31. He says this, I have filled them with the spirit of God with wisdom, with understanding, with knowledge, and with all kinds of skills to make artistic designs for work in gold and silver and bronze, to cut and set stones, to work in wood, and to engage in all kinds of crafts. There's some people who are just really good at that. And maybe you're like me and, and you're terrible at that, right? That's just not what I'm good at. But at least I discover what I'm not good at so I can focus on the things I am good at. And so, but God has wired all of us differently. Look at Romans chapter 12. I'm about to set you free. I promise this is going to set you free. Here it is. Romans chapter 12 says this in verse six. Let's just go ahead and be what we were made to be. Oh, I love that line. Isn't that great? Like quit wasting your time trying to be something you're not. Be what you were made to be. It goes on to say this, without enviously or pridefully comparing ourselves with each other and trying to be something we aren't. Do you know if you try really hard to get good at something you're not good at, the best you'll ever become will be average. But if you'll figure out where you're already good and work on that, you can become a star at that. You can become amazing at that because you're already good at it. So if you'll pile on some effort and some energy into what you're already good, what already comes easy to you, oh, what you could do would be simply amazing. 
And so God has designed you to do something. And so this is a really important point. Number two, would you write this down? Your assignment or your purpose can be found where your talents and your passions collide, where they cross, where you're talented naturally, on your own, not even trying, and where you're passionate, wherever those collide. Now, if you are talented, but you don't have a passion about it, that's just a hobby. Or if you have a passion, but you don't, you're not really talented about it, it's just a hobby. I mean, I'm passionate about football. I'm not talented at it. It's a hobby. I like to watch it. I like to watch other people play. Maybe you are pretty good at golf, but you're not like passionate, going to wake up at 5 a.m. just to hit, to shag balls all day. You're not going to do that. Well, then that means it's just a hobby. You're probably not going to be gifted enough to, to, to do that for your living. And so that's just a hobby. Nothing wrong with having hobbies. But where you are talented and you're passionate, where that collides, X marks a spot. Wherever that is, that's your purpose. Think about Christ, right? He's the only one who could have died for our sins, and he was passionate about you. And so X marked a spot, and his X became a cross. And he gave his life for you and me like no one else could, right? He's the ultimate example of this. But the truth is, is that you and I have special abilities, special giftings that God has given us, and, and it's important that we discover that so we can utilize that for the Lord. By the way, the best way to discover this is to get around other believers. This is why I love life groups. I encourage you to get in a life group because you can encourage one another in what you're gifted at. The best way to discover what, what God's wired you to do is just ask people who love you. Just say, can you just tell me what you think I'm good at? Like if you, if you think about, what, when you think about me, what do you think, wow, he or she excels at this? What is it? What is it that you barely even attempt? You barely even try and people come up to you and you're like, hey, how long did you practice to do that? And you're like, I, I didn't. Well, did you like, the day before, did you go over that with anyone? Did you like read a book on that? You're like, no, I just, I just did it. You're like, you just did that? Like you didn't, you didn't prepare for that? No, I just did. Wait, you never tried. You just, you just decided to, yeah. Wow. Wow, like most people have to work at that. You just barely did anything and it just turned out awesome. That's a sign that's where God has gifted you. That's a sign where God has wired you. And so if you want to discover what God's assignment is for your life, some people think, I just need to seek God. Actually, I believe God would say, seek me, but also seek who I made you to be. Dig into you. What I mean by that is just look and see what you're already good at. If, if an engineer from another planet showed up and looked at a Toyota Prius, they would eventually say, this was designed for the highway. I mean, look, look small wheels, small car, incredible gas mileage. This needs to go on the highway. But if you take that Toyota Prius and you go ride it into the dunes or the mountains, that is a disaster car for that. Like, it will not work. In the same way, if you say, I'm going to go on a road trip, I'm going to go all the way across America, and I'm going to use my Jeep to do it. Good luck with all that because you're going to have terrible gas mileage. It's not designed for long trips. It's designed for the dunes or for a mountain. But if you want to go on a long trip in a Jeep, you can, but you better be ready to constantly be putting gas in it all the time because it wasn't designed for that. And some of you in your career and what you do for a living or what you, what you think you're called to do, if you're always having the gas up, always having to work so hard just to keep it going, it means you weren't designed to do that. Does that help anybody? Figure out what's easy for you and work hard at that because you were designed for that. There's something that just comes natural for you and that's where God wants us to, to focus on. And so the Bible says in John 8, 32, Jesus said, the truth will set you free. So I want to set you free right now. Here's how I want to set you free. 
If you're not good at it, quit doing it. Like if you're just not good, like if you're in sales and you're not good at it, get out of sales. Because the best you'll ever do is barely staying employed. But if you'll figure out what you are good at, and eventually over time, and this takes a while to get there, eventually move into some kind of field that gets you doing that, then guess what? All of a sudden, shocker, your income will go up, your influence will go up. Why? Because you're doing something you're built to do. But if you're doing something you weren't built to do, you're going to be miserable. You'll be very unhappy. So I want to really challenge you to look closely at what it is God wires you to do. I want to warn you, if you're young and new in your career, you're not going to just walk into this job. You have to work at getting there. David didn't just show up one day and he was king. He started off playing the harp in the kingdom. Not exactly what he thought he signed up for, but he just thought, let me get my foot in the door and let me just be faithful in what God has given me. And eventually God will position me to be what God made me to be. But you don't start off there. So please do not walk out of here you know, with these rose-colored glasses that said, the world will just give me what I want. It doesn't work like that. You have to serve people, be disciplined in whatever God has given you. And over time, if you're faithful, eventually you can move up and move around into doing something you're more gifted at. But I want to challenge you that you will not find fulfillment of knowing you're doing God's purpose in your life if you are way off on your assignment. It's going to drive you crazy. And so, or like an old preacher told me one time when I was in a preaching class, he said, you just have to have a little preach in you to start with. That made sense. I was like, okay. You just, you just have to have, did anyone ever affirm to you, you just already got a little something in you there? Well, then now develop that. In the same way, you just got a little something in you already. What's already in you, develop that. That's where God wants to do great things through you. I want to encourage you to do that. Now, here's another piece of the puzzle, though, that will really help you too, is that God has given us all different experiences. Would you say this word? Say exposure. God has given you exposure to something. And exposure can be good or it can be bad. It can be positive or negative, but I promise you exposure changes who you are. For example, you know, the kid who is just with his class and he's told they're going on a field trip, so they pile on these buses and he's just a seventh grader interested in the girl sitting across from him and he's trying to flirt with her and make jokes with her and trying to be funny and that's all he's focused on. He doesn't realize they're going downtown to some courtroom and they're going to experience the, the judicial system like the teacher told him. And so he's just like, he doesn't care about that. He's just looking at the girl next to him and flirting and having fun and talking to his friends and all that. And as they get down there, they file off the bus and they go in this line. They sit in the very back of this courtroom and he's joking around with her and all of a sudden he looks up and he sees this attorney arguing the case before a judge and he sees he turning and something stops. It's like the world just stops and he looks over and he says, what is that? This is, this is awesome. Oh my gosh, who is that guy? And he's up and he's just commanding the whole room and he's telling them what he's going to do and he's arguing his case and <laughs> I'm good at that too. I'm good at arguing. My parents tell me I'm great at it. And so, <laughs> and something in him lights up. Why? He's exposed to the judicial system and something in him says, I want to do that. You were exposed to it and you saw something. Maybe you had an uncle that was an entrepreneur and you watched him start their business in the garage and now they've expanded to a storefront. Now they've got multiple storefronts and you've been exposed to that and now you're like, I want to do that. Or like I was, I was you know, about 12 or 13 years old sitting in the back of a youth camp and the speaker's up on stage talking and these students come forward and God really began to move and I looked up at that guy and something in me just said, I'm going to do that one day. I'm going to do that one day. I was exposed to it. And I didn't know that it was just about a year later that my father, I think it was a year, I think it was the same year, my father said to me when I, when I came home, um, he said, hey, we've changed churches. And I was like, oh, okay. I didn't, you know, oh, sure, Dad, whatever. He says, hey, hop in the car with me. It's Friday night. We're going to go down. We're going to set up the church. And I was like, when do you set up the church? And he's like, well, this is a church that meets in the school. I didn't know that was called a church plant. 
I just thought, okay, dad, sure, I'll do whatever you want. So I'll hop in the car with him. We go down and we set up the school. My dad was the guy who drove the truck with all the equipment from the storage unit to the school to set it up. And after Sunday services, we'd all break it down, load it back up, and then take it back to the trailer. I didn't know that at age 13, I was learning how to be a church planter, that 12 years later, I'd be planting a church in Corpus Christi called Bay Area Fellowship that would eventually become Church Unlimited. I didn't know all that. But... I was exposed to that, and something on the inside of me lit up. That's good exposure. There's also negative exposure. And so look at the Apostle Paul. He says this, 2 Corinthians verse, chapter 1, verse 8. I think you ought to know about the hard time we went through. We were really crushed and overwhelmed and feared we would never live through it. We felt we were doomed to die and saw how powerless we were to help ourselves. Wow. You ever felt powerless to help yourself? That's a devastating feeling. That's, that's the way how you lose all hope. He says, but that was good, for then we put everything into the hands of God, who alone could save us. And he did help us and saved us from a terrible death. Maybe you've gone through something like that. Maybe you've gone through an addiction. Maybe you're in the middle of a big legal battle and you feel totally out of control. Maybe someone really hurt you or betrayed you. Maybe you've gone through a divorce. Can I tell you something about every good drug counselor I've ever met? They all used to do drugs. And they went through that horrible pain of having to overcome that addiction. And that's why they're so good and compassionate and empathetic to help someone else who's there now. Or look what the scripture says about that. Second Corinthians 1. He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. So God allows you to go through some difficulties so you can in turn help others. Now, God does not cause pain, but God will allow it in your life. Maybe someone really abused you, and that shaped who you are. God wants to use that pain to help other people. In other words, we've all gone through different experiences, some good exposure, some bad exposure, some difficulties, but it shaped you. Can anyone think right now in your mind, is there something you've gone through that God's bringing to your mind that, that, that has reshaped who you are? Anyone? Anyone in here know what I'm talking about? Yeah, we've gone through some things. All of us have. And that's part of the way God shapes who you are, who you are designed to be. God uses that in your life. Number three, God allows you to go through specific experiences that shape you. Moses was exposed to executive leadership because as a baby, he was adopted. He was actually son of slaves, but he was adopted into Pharaoh's home. And so they treat him almost like a pet, basically. Basically, oh, look at the cute kid. We'll take him in. And so Pharaoh, of course, ran the country of Egypt, but he ran it with slaves, which is, of course, evil. But God used the exposure Moses had to executive leadership so that one day he could lead all those slaves out of Egypt and create his own nation. And he turned Israel from a big old family to a nation. So the exposure that Moses had to executive leadership paid off greatly in his life. Does that make sense? So you have some exposure too. God has put you in situations around people that gives you exposure. And so if you, if you take what I'm talking about, he wants to use your passions and your gifts and what you've been exposed through and put all that together. And that's where you'll discover your purpose, what you were designed to do with your life. Now, the next section I cover, before I go there, I want to warn you. It's one of my favorite sections today of the scripture, but I want to tell you something. It's not for everyone. So don't be offended that this doesn't apply to you, okay? But I want to show you now how to 10x your results in that particular gifting that God has given you, how to get major results. 10x means, you know, in other words, like you could go from 2x to 3x to get double or triple your results 
There's a way to do that that we see clearly in Scripture. Now, before I do that, number four is you can potentially 10x your results. But let me, let me just tell you before I get to this, I want to 10x results in our ministry by, I want, to, I want this to have twice, three times, four times, five times, up to 10 times the amount of salvations we have a year. So for me, that's where I apply it. You may apply it to your income. You may say, I want to double my income, triple income. I want to have 10 times. You may say, there's no way I can have 10 times my income. There's people in our church that have done it. I happen to know friends that have gone from $40,000 a year's income to $400,000. That's a, that's a 10x income. And so it, it, it actually is more possible than you realize, but it's not possible outside of your giftedness. But it actually is possible in your gift. And that might, may not be your goal. Like for me, our goal is 10x salvations, 10x people's lives being changed. So it's, it's different for everyone. But before I give you these, how, how to do that, let me also say this. To those who really get frustrated by this, it's actually, some of you are frustrated, one, because you think, I don't, I don't really value that. I don't care about that, Pastor. It even seems unspiritual to me to even bring that up. Okay. Then other people like, are like, upset about it, like that's just wrong. We shouldn't even be trying to 10x our income or 10x our results. That's, that's in God's hands. I, 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 I want to push back on you a little bit, and here's why. Because it could be the reason you don't have to think about it is because you're inside someone else's 10x results. Someone else thought about that, and that's why you're there. Someone went 10x on the university you go to, or it wouldn't be there. Someone went 10x on the church you're a part of, or it wouldn't be here. Someone went 10x at the company you're working at, or it still would be one guy, you know, running one shop out of a van, but now it's a giant corporation that you get to work for. So before you judge someone for thinking that way, 10x thinking is what makes the world possible. Does that make sense? And you may not have to worry about it because you're married to someone who thinks like that. Your parents think like that. Your boss thinks like that. Your supervisor thinks like that. So you just get to work inside that goal that God gave them. Does that make sense? So before you judge it, just know that God wired some people like that. Not everyone has to be wired like that, but we do need some people that think like this, okay? So I want to challenge you who feel led to 10x what you do, and I'm going to even show you how you can 10x things that you maybe didn't think you could, okay? So let's just dive into this. How, how do you 10x your results? Here's how you do it. The first is through instruction. 1 Corinthians 4.15 says this, I urge you to imitate me. The apostle Paul said, hey, just imitate me. You want to live like Christ? Imitate me. He would say to a young evangelist named Timothy, a young pastor named Timothy, just do it, just do it the way I do it. You know, I did this years ago when we first started the church. Uh, the first year of the messages I preached at Bay Area Fellowship, that's what our church used to be called. The first year, I literally verbatim preached Rick Warren's messages. He's another pastor out in California, and his church was really growing. Now, he's kind of worldwide now, but at the time, he wasn't worldwide. No one really knew who he was but a handful of pastors. But I heard about this guy, the results he was getting. So I just simply, I didn't have time to, to write sermons. I was too busy trying to get people to show up to the school we were meeting at. And so I just took his sermon outlines and literally preached them verbatim. In fact, even on the outline, at the bottom of the outline, it would say, sermon taken from Rick Warren. <laughs> like people would ask me, did you just take some guy's sermon? I was like, yeah, did you like it? Like, I did it without apology. I wasn't lying to anyone. I was like, yeah, I did. I don't have time to write sermons. But here's what happened. I learned to preach by just imitating the way he preached. And I figured, let me just pick one of the best preachers in the whole universe, at least that I thought he was, and just learn how he does it. That'll help me. And it really has. But what's really cool to think about, our church is running 80 to 100 people at the time. Again, you may not, don't get caught in the numbers. I'm just trying to help you see how 10X works. So I began to imitate him and imitate how he did church. And his church at the time was running about 10,000. And now, 23 years later, our church runs about... 10,000. So just imitating how he led and how he preached helped our church get to where we are today. Does that make sense? So what does this mean? This means, are you teachable? 
In other words, are you willing to let God bring a mentor in your life to show you how to do it? Because the fastest way to increase what you do is to find someone who's done it bigger, faster, and better than you have and imitate what they've done. And so if you'll do that, you can really grow whatever it is you want to grow much faster. Look what happens, speaking of this mentorship, look at 2 Kings chapter 2. This is Elijah and Elisha. Elisha was the understudy of Elijah, the prophet. Elijah said to Elisha, ask what I shall do for you before I am taken from you. And Elisha said, please let there be a double portion of your spirit on me. Did you know because of that, Elijah performed 14 miracles in the Bible and Elijah, Elisha, 28. He had a double portion. But truthfully, normally in mentoring, just normal, just to help you understand, wherever someone else is and wherever you are, you can generally expect to land somewhere between. Normally, you're not going to get a double portion of that. Normally, you're going to land somewhere between. Let me just, case in point, let's just take, uh, let's say you're in sales and you earn $50,000 a year. Find the person in your organization that's earning $250,000 a year. And if you'll listen to them, you may not end up at their income level, but you'll end up where, somewhere between 50 and 250. And I think anything in between there is probably better than you are, are now. Does that make sense? The pastor that mentors me now, Pastor Craig, he has a church of 100,000 people, right? We have a church of 10,000. If I'll just listen to him, if I just get a fourth of his anointing, our church one day will be 25,000 people. If I just learn half, if I just, if I just get half as good, Right? If God just blesses us half as much, our church will be 50,000 people one day. Does that make sense? Again, some of you are like, I'm not into that, Pastor. That's ridiculous. That's just all numbers, and I don't care. That's just not even, I don't even see that as spiritual. I want to, again, warn you, you're probably in someone else's, inside someone else's 10X. So just remember that. But let me also say this to you. Let's apply it to things that don't seem like they can be numerically uh, enhanced. I, I would say to you, let's say you say, man, I'm not interested. I just want to be a good spouse. I just want to be a good husband or wife. Awesome. Let's 10X that. Oh, you can't do that. That's all about qualitative stuff. No, you can. Let's say your marriage, you're five, 10 years in your marriage. And let's say once a year, just the sparks fly, man. It's just awesome. Let's just say once a year, man, it's like fireworks in your marriage. I'll let you determine what that means. Well, let's say once a year the fireworks go off. What if you, let's say, I would say, when is that? You say, well, you know, once a year we do this big thing where we, you know, go on vacation and we kind of go all out. Or, or once a year, you know, on our anniversary, we get all dressed up and we get a hotel and we, and, and we go out of town. It's just like this really awesome, man, that's great. I love that. Why don't you plan a once a month date night similar to that? And if you did that and you get a couple of hit or misses here, what if, 10 times a year now you have an experience a lot like that. You just 10X'd your marriage. Make sense? Oh, Pastor, that's ridiculous. I just want to walk with God. Let's 10X that. What do you think I've been doing the last three months in my prayer time? I just massively increased my prayer, and guess what? I feel a lot closer to God. And I, I sense God speaking to me. So even qualitative things can be quantified to increase it. Does that help you guys? God wants to 10X your life and he can, he can multiply, or even if it's two, three X, God can do great things to you. And we're not here to determine what those results are, but let's say God, we're willing to learn. So the first way he does it is through instruction. The second way is through discipline. Colossians 3.23 says this, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Honestly, how bad do you want it? When people tell me, I want God, I want to I double God's blessing on my ministry. I want to triple God's blessing on my career. I want to quadruple God's blessing on my income. I want to, you know, quadruple God's blessing on my marriage. Great. How bad do you want it? Because if you're not putting your heart into it, don't expect great results. 
I just need to tell you that. Like, you can't go halfway and be like, eh, you know, just kind of cruise. It doesn't work like that. And so if you can figure out where you're gifted and then pour your heart into it, work as unto the Lord, as unto God gave me this gift. This is an assignment from God to do my best with it. Then you can get some much greater results. It may not be 10x, but what if it's 2 or 3x? 2 or 3 times the, the, the impact. That would be incredible, wouldn't it? Look at Proverbs 22, 29. I'll wrap it up. Do you see a man diligent and skillful in his business? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before obscure men. You say, Pastor, I mean, that all sounds great, but this is, what is this, like for a CEO or something? No, no, no. You say, Pastor, I'm just a trainer at the gym. I mean, you know, how's God? I can't 10x. Oh, yeah, you can. If you become really good and pour your heart into being a trainer, you'll still be doing the same thing, but now you'll be training the executives in our city where it'll get out. And you'll be training the most important people in this region. You say, well, I mean, I mean, I'm good at woodwork, but I mean, that's just kind of a basic thing. No, no, if you're really good at woodwork, you'll be doing woodwork in mansions. You'll be doing woodwork for some of the most important people in our country. Does that make sense? So anything that God gives you, God can multiply in your life. It's not for everyone, but I think it's for someone. In fact, if it's for you, would you just let me know? Is that for you? Was that something you needed? Would you bow your heads with me? Every head bowed, every eye closed, and we take a moment to pray right now. Jesus had an X marks a spot. He's our Savior. He was the only one who could give his life for all of us. And he poured his heart into it. He gave his life for you and me on that cross. With your head bowed and your eyes closed, you've never given your life to Jesus. He died for your sins. And he rose again from the grave, proving that he's God. Now he waits for you to receive him. You can pray this simple prayer, and you can receive Christ as your Lord and your Savior. Right now, across all of our campuses, those who are watching online, you can pray this prayer out loud with me right now. Just say this. Just say, Dear Jesus, I realize I need you. I believe you died for my sin. And I believe you rose again. I ask you to come into my heart. Be my Lord and be my Savior. I repent of my sins. I put you in first place. In Jesus' name. If you just pray that prayer, then Christ is coming to your life. Every head bowed, every eye closed right now. Just keep your head bowed, eyes closed for a moment. If you just prayed that prayer for the first time, would you lift your hand high right now? No one's looking around. I just want to pray for you. Just lift your hand high right now with all those campuses. I see that hand right, right now up at Padre Island, at Rye Field, Stone Oak. I see that hand lifted high online. Just keep your hand high. Would you do that? Like if you're watching us on YouTube right now live or maybe you're on our platform, just click hand raised or type in the, in the message. Just say, my hand's raised. Just let us know. Hold that hand high. Would you do that? We just want to pray for you and thank God that you made a decision to follow Christ. Keep that hand high. Thank you. I see those hands. Back of our auditorium right now, right here in the front row. Thank you. I see your hand. Thank you, sweetie. Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you. Even the little ones raising their hands. Praise God. Thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you. Just keep that hand high. Praise God. Praise God. I want to pray for you. Lord, I thank you for those who just gave their life to Christ. I thank you for the decision that they made. May they know that they now have a relationship with you, that this is the beginning of something amazing, that they've now discovered that they are on this earth for you, to serve you, to follow you. Bless them, Lord. May they begin to really, truly walk with you. Thank you. Put your hands down. With every head bowed, every eye closed. If God is speaking to you, if you have been off the mark, you've been missing the mark from your gifts and your passions, Maybe your prayer today, say, Pastor, pray for me. This is really throwing me. I'm trying to figure out what does God have next for me. I want to encourage you, don't make a sudden move, but begin to seek the Lord and he will show you where he's leading you.
Again, no sudden moves. That's when we make rash decisions that hurt our families. I'm not talking about that. But over time, begin working towards your gifts, using your gifts, and you'll see a massive increase and impact that you can make in this world. If that's you, lift your hand high. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. Thank you, God, that you're revealing to people right now where you've gifted them. You're showing them the very first steps of their assignment is to know they're wired differently, that you've created them for more. Please bless them, Lord. Do great things through them. Thank you, God. Give them a vision for greater things. In your name we pray. Amen. Isn't God good? His word is so true.